Good morning, Southside. Please stand if you're able for the call to worship. God calls us to come and worship him. We know that we live to see God's goodness in this we know that we will live to see God's goodness in this present life. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church today. It's good to see you all here to join with us in a time of uh, worship and to lift our voices to uh, praise the one true and living God. There may be those who are our guests today and we want to welcome you especially and then others who are members that are here every week. 
We would like to have a record of all the, those attending, and there's a blue tablet at the end of each pew. If you would put your name and any other information in that, it would be helpful to us. We won't, we won't bother you. We just want to know who all is here. So uh, just to uh, uh, invite you to do that. Also, uh, just a, a word about Southside. Southside Baptist Church is a church in the heart of Five Points South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by welcoming all into our worship, this worship space, welcoming with arms open wide, seeking to, to demonstrate the love of God that it, we know as we've experienced in Jesus the Christ. We have those that are also worshiping with us uh, via web, uh, the web, so we invite them also to know that we desire to have them included in our time of worship and to experience it as well. Today, as we continue on in worship, we would like to um, invite you to pass the peace of Christ to those that you see around you. If you would take a moment and do that at this time. Congregation is greeting one another with the peace of Christ. We will also pass that peace to those who might be viewing us on our YouTube channel, live stream, and uh, also those who might be uh, uh, watching this after the fact by way of recording. And we are very happy that, uh, that uh, you're with us in this time. I hope that you will be with us on a regular basis south and be with us physically in this sanctuary we're very happy to do that and a happy St. Patrick's Day uh, on my leg also to those who are celebrating as well. Allow me to add my uh, uh, welcome and also Aaron Gobrach, oops sorry, <laughs> sorry that's, that's Ireland forever by the way uh, for those who don't know uh, St. Patrick's Day um, someone asked me uh, if coming into church if we were going to do any Irish music today and I'm, I am astounded that I did not pick up on that earlier. Uh, we are not doing O'Danny Boy again, Bobby, uh, though we, we should have done it again uh, or any number of things that we might have done. But non nonetheless, we're so glad to see all of you here. Those of you who have worn some green, uh, glad to see that as well. Sort of the joy of uh, everybody being Irish on a day like today, as it were. In addition to that, we um, we have um, a hymn in a moment that we will um, sing. All of these uh, texts and such are related to Psalm 122 and to uh, the idea of worship, as you see uh, that Dr. Roxburgh will be speaking about. Uh, you're going to know this tune in the next hymn in a moment uh, as something that we sing at Thanksgiving time uh, as we gather together. So if you're not familiar with uh, the, the, the tune otherwise, you can think about that Thanksgiving stuff that comes very naturally and the words will, will matter as well when we sing it in a few moments. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our God and Father, our Savior, we thank you for this time of the year as we are in this time of Lent, a time of anticipating, of thinking about our, our own shortcomings, but also about those things that we can celebrate as we come together as a body of believers in this place. During this hour and each hour, may we dedicate ourselves to worshiping you, the true and living God in whose name we pray, amen. And so may we stand and sing, we praise you, O God, our Redeemer, Creator. Shall we stand?
first reading this morning is from the book of the Psalms, Psalm 122. We're doing a series of homilies during this Lenten season on walking with God and using mainly the Psalms of Ascent from Psalm 120 through to 134 and picking up some of the themes on the, the, on the, on the particular topic of what it means to walk with God as the people of Israel did as they went up to Jerusalem. So our first psalm is Psalm 122, thinking about the theme of worship. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it, the tribes go up, tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there, the thrones of judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. The word of the Lord for the people of God. second reading today is from Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords in the plowshares, their spears in the pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, Millicent. That is that a St. Patrick's Day decoration, or is it just you have a little boo-boo there? Oh, that's more than just a little boo-boo, right? It's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll hope it gets well quickly. Well, I want to talk to you about um, today and what it is. It's a special holiday. It's um, you know what it is, don't you? What is it? It's St. Patrick's Day. And while St. Patrick is a patron saint of Ireland, he's also embraced by many Christians around the world as being one who was really important in helping bring Christianity and establish it in a part of the world in Ireland. Um, and there's a lot of different traditions and, and legends about him, some probably true, some not, like everything else. But we want to think about it today because he did do a lot for um, 
letting people know about who God was, who Jesus was, his son. And so I have a few things here that I wanted to, to show you. You know, he, there's um, one of the, one of the um, traditions is that he ran all the snakes out of Ireland. So what do you think I got in this bag? What do you think's in this bag? Snakes? No, he didn't run. He didn't run them here. Actually, that legend is he ran them out, but then other people say there never were any snakes in Ireland anyway. So we don't know really if he ran them out or if there just never were any there. So, uh, but he also used the shamrock for something important. Now, he took this and he used it to explain the Trinity. Now, I'm not going to try to explain it to this morning because the Trinity is really hard to understand. Not whatever age you are, it's still hard to understand. It doesn't matter. But he would talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he would use it in that way to let people know about who God was and explain to them. He, um, he had a, a hard life young as a young person, but then as he was... Um, captured he was basically enslaved and he went and worked in as a shepherd and it was during that time of being a shepherd that he spent a lot of time reflecting and praying and thinking about God and and became confident in his faith so he used this as a means and so we think about the St. Patrick's Day and what he meant for a particular place in the world and what his uh, devotion to God meant we can think about also this and we see that three-leaf clover of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it tells us who the one true and living God is. Now, I saw you yesterday when we were in a parade here, didn't I? And you were all dressed up with all of your friends and your um, all of your St. Patrick's Day um, decorations. And it was a great day to be out in the community and see all the many people that were here. And there were hundreds, weren't there? How many would you say? Several hundred? Several thousand, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, there's a lot of people here. It was a lot of fun, and we saw folks and gave away a lot of, of uh, things to those that we came in, came in contact with. But it was truly, as we approach it, it's about that which he stood for most, and that was his faith and how he understood who God was. So wherever we go, there are people who have come to an understanding of faith in God, and they express it in different ways, but there is always a sense of that being that which ties us all together that is Jesus the Christ so I'm going to give you this to take with you today and I'm sorry you're the only person here because I have some other things for you too in fact I'll give you these and then we'll have a prayer Lord, we thank you for people of faith that have gone before us. How they use the world around them to explain who you are to those they encountered. We trust, Lord, that as we walk daily that you will show us and that with people like Millicent, children that we are supposed to guide and, and walk alongside of, that you will help us walk with them, strengthening them, in the faith, they might come to, to know you more deeply day by day. In your name I pray, amen. Yeah, I got one other thing for you. join me in prayer this morning. Almighty God, Father of us all, you invite us to travel with you in faith's great adventure. So we rejoice this day that you are with us on our journey, showing the way in times of uncertainty and encouraging us when the road is hard. We are glad that you have never abandoned us on our walk of faith, no matter how far we may have strayed from the road. And as we walk together into the future, may we learn to love you more deeply and learn also to love our fellow travelers. 
Today we are grateful for Patrick, who many years ago in Ireland put his trust and confidence in you. God of triune mystery, we thank you like, that like Patrick, we bind ourselves today in the strong name of the Trinity, our gracious God, who has poured out your love into our lives as a parent, a lover, and a friend. We pray today for those whose lives seem devoid of such blessing and who often lack the basic things that we all take for granted. We commend to your care especially all affected by disaster, by war, by those who struggle to survive far less than to thrive in living. Help us always to hear your whisper of love calling us to respond to our neighbor's needs. May we be open-hearted and generous people so that others may enjoy life in its fullness, so that all may know of the transforming love which enables all people to thrive. We pray especially for those of our Islamic community who were killed in New Zealand this past week. We pray against all who are inspired by hatred, by a sense of being better than others, who know little or nothing of your love within their lives. We pray this morning against evil in our fellow human beings. Caring God, we pray for any who feel that their living has been curtailed by illness, by disability, or by other forces beyond their control. Grant encouragement to any whose strength is failing and inspire those who offer compassion and care. We pray for those who look after family friends, family members, whether at home or for those who are employed in the caring services. May they be encouraged and supported in the work that they do as they pour out their lives in service of others. And in a moment of quietness, we bring to you our personal prayers, commending to your kindness and care all who are in our special thoughts today. We call to mind the names and the faces of those whom we love and we remember them before you in silence. And so we offer all our prayers in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
choir. Thank you, Dr. Banks. For the first 20 years of my life, I literally walked to church. In our first house, up until I was 11 years of age, it was about 300 yards down Main Street in Freswick, Ayrshire, on the west coast of Scotland, to go to church. We moved, but even when we moved, it was about half a mile to go to church. So unless it was raining, which was not an unusual phenomenon in Scotland, then we walked, unless my dad took the car. In the second and third pastorates that I had, we lived in parsonages that were about half a mile from church. So I would go and I would walk to church and Gwen would come in the car with the two girls later on. Now, I don't walk to church anymore. And it's not just because there are no sidewalks, but there's a great distance between Hoover, where I live, and Five Points South. Yet walking with God on the way to Jerusalem was what the people of Israel did at various times during the year, when they went up to Jerusalem to the temple to worship God during the feasts of Passover, Pentecost, and such other feasts. They would literally walk. And many scholars think that the Psalms of Ascent, Psalms of going up towards Jerusalem from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 were written for these occasions. As they were walking towards Jerusalem, they would sing songs of praise to God. Now we know that Jesus and his family went at least once to Jerusalem, that famous occasion when he got lost in the temple on the way back and they had to return and find him and bring him back home. I dare say Joseph was not in the best of moods as he walked back to Jerusalem to try and find his son. But there are, these are the things that the people of Israel did. They went up, they walked on pilgrimage towards God. And during this Lenten season, we're thinking about what it means to walk with God and using some of the themes from the Psalms of Ascent. This morning, thinking, about worship. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. Now I confess that when I was young and if my mother had used that as the awakening call to get me out of bed, I would not have responded very positively. Again, do we need to go to church every Sunday, twice on a Sunday? And of course, three times because children's Sunday school was at 2.15 in the afternoon. But it wasn't an invitation. I didn't get the choice. I went. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. Is this an enthusiast who's seeking to drum up some idea of enthusiasm for, for worship? But rather, I think the Psalms of Ascent indicate that the people who walked with God towards Jerusalem weren't going on a sightseeing tour. They were rather highly motivated people of faith. You can almost picture the physicality. We, our feet have been standing within your gates. Imagine walking towards Jerusalem. Imagine getting into the gates of the city. Imagine going to the temple and your feet are there. You've made it. You're in the place of worshiping God. Yet in my mind's eye, imagine those pilgrims at the time of Jesus. The temple in Jerusalem was meant to be one of the most glorious buildings at that period of time. After the rebuilding of the second temple during the, the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, when Herod was king, he renovated, he increased the size of the temple, and it was meant to be one of the most magnificent things that you could go and visit. It was a pilgrimage, but it was also a kind of vacation. I mean, most of the people came from tiny colorless villages with what we would call shacks and lean-tos. Verse 3 of Psalm 122 speaks about being bound firmly together. They're in the place of worship. Their lives are bound together with a sense of faith, of love, and of hope towards God. And so the mood is one of gladness and celebration, affection, love, reverence towards God. Robert Alter renders it, may your lovers rest tranquil. The idea of being a lover of God, I love to be in your house. The love of a city, of a place of worship, of a thin place between heaven and earth. But the psalmist is using a pun, a pun on Jerusalem. Rest tranquil 
is a Hebrew alliterative of the name of the city. The place of worship is a place of peace, place of shalom, the place of security. But it's also the place of justice. We may shrink back from the way in which the psalm appears to speak of Jerusalem being the place of judgment. But the Hebrew word rendered judgment means justice. Jerusalem is a place where the neediest, the marginalized, those nobody else cares for, could discover the interest of God in their lives. There may be nobodies in the surrounding villages. People may look down from Jesus and his family coming from Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But they come to the city of God. They come to the temple of God. They come to the place of worship. And there they discover that God is interested in their lives. That God is for them. That God wants their lives to be secure and wants their lives to be blessed. So no wonder the people of God are willing to take some time out to walk towards Jerusalem and to walk back again and to worship God in the meantime. They're coming and they are encouraging each other by the singing of the Psalms. The modern equivalent would be having your, your, your iPhone and your AirPods and you're listening to your favorite playlist. They're giving thanks. They're giving thanks to God for all his love and mercy and grace towards him. They're focusing on him. They're enjoying the community. They're with family, they're with friends. They're going somewhere exciting. But their focus is on what they're going to do when they get there. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. Yet, you know, such an attitude of, of worship and praise and thanksgiving needs to be fostered and nourished. I think one of the, the saddest aspects of our culture is that we expect everything good to come to us quickly, without effort, without working for it. We like things instantly. Faith, love, and hope need to be nurtured. They need to be developed. And so, week by week, there's a rhythm of life of seeking to focus our hearts on God, patiently waiting and worshiping Him. But notice also that this activity of worship is a, is a corporate activity. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's a corporate prayer. It's not my Father, it's our Father who art in heaven. We say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Against us. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. Worship is a corporate activity, much more than an individual encounter with God. And we need one another to help us to worship. There are some times, if we're honest, when we don't want to go to church. We just go because perhaps it's the routine. It's what we do every Sunday. But when we get here and we find it difficult to rejoice before God, when we find that our faith is weak because of the circumstances of life, I need other people with me to lift up my hands and my heart and to remind myself through the life of others who God is and why I love him. And we come together to hear God speak. The word that's used for judgment can also mean the decisive word by which God straightens things out and puts things right. <laughs> it's a long paraphrase of what it means. But the word is everywhere in worship. The word encourages us in the call to worship, to come into the presence of God with all that we are, failure, struggle, and come into the presence of God and discover all that he is and bring our lives into his company. The word comes to us as we hear it read from Old Testament, from Psalm, from Gospel, from Epistle. The word comes, hopefully, in homilies, as God's word is applied to our lives. But we've already, many of us, been in Sunday school where the word has been taught, where we share with one another what we think God's word means for today and for tomorrow. We teach one another. The word of God comes to us Sunday by Sunday, whereby our minds are informed, our memories are refreshed, our wills are strengthened, and our love is deepened. 
We're not all Baptists, but Baptists have a wonderful heritage. They have a heritage of believing in freedom of access to God's Word and also freedom of interpretation of God's Word and an understanding that God's Word is a living thing. It's not a dead book. We look to what it meant in the past when, other, when people wrote it, but we try to understand what does it mean for today? And so we allow God's Word to speak into our lives. Remind ourselves of the words of John Robinson, the pastor of the original Pilgrim Fathers. God has more truth to spring forth from his holy word. And so we're hungry. We want God's word to direct us how we live our lives. And then remind us again that we live this life of worship and community. So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. We love the Lord individually. We love the Lord corporately. And so we come into the presence of the Lord to think about the needs of others. As we leave church to go into a new week, that's where the service really begins. Not here, but there. So we take the love of God with us. That love of God that Patrick knew in the strong name of the Trinity the love of, of parent, of lover, of friend, the love of the one who goes out of himself for the sake of others. We take that love with us. And when we're here and when we're there, we pray. We pray for our community, the community of our church, our family, our city, our state, our country, and of God's world. We pray not just for friends and family. We pray for all who are created in the image and the likeness of God. Psalm 122 uses two words, shalom and shalva, a kind of pun on Jerusalem. In the place of worship, we find peace and security. It's hard to believe, isn't it? In a week where 50 people who were worshiping God in an Islamic mosque were murdered because of their faith. It's hard to remind ourselves of a time of security and peace when just last October, 11 were killed and murdered in a Jewish synagogue in Philadelphia, or nine African-Americans in a Methodist Episcopal church in Charleston in 2015. The Australian who committed the rampage in New Zealand posted a 74-page online manifesto of loathing for non-white immigrants. There's an irony there inasmuch as Western colonialists went to New Zealand and Australia in the first place. But he was surprised, he was inspired rather, by a previous person who had committed mass slaughter, Dylan Roof, do you remember him? Charleston, 2015, a young American white supremacist who, who murdered nine people in church, in a prayer meeting. Where is the peace, where is the security of which Psalm 122 is speaking about. Well, I suppose it reminds us in this time of Lent of the prevalence of evil and sin within our world. Nationalism and racism, which is antithetical to the dignity of life, to the dignity of human beings. And Lent is a time when we name evil, when we resist evil. We name it and we shame it. And yet we do so never losing hope for something that is better to come. And so Sam, Isaiah chapter 2 reminds us, he shall judge between the nations, he will arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war no more. That's God's word. <laughs> And we cling on to it in love and in faith. And we say, and when we say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. We recognize that worship connects us with life, connects us with people. It calls us to speak out against sin and evil. It calls us to speak out for justice, for peace and security for all human beings. And only as we do so, only as we do so will worship be real, will worship be relevant. Individually and in community will our lives be enriched 
by God's Spirit. Will you pray with me? We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in freedom. We pray that we would never take our freedom lightly. And we would never take that freedom just for ourselves. But want freedom, religious freedom, for all who live in your world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Our concluding hymn of praise and adoration is 365, More Love to Thee, O Christ. Good morning. As we pray today, and as, as Ken mentioned, let us be mindful and prayerful of the brave and beautiful people in New Zealand that uh, have gone through quite an experience, especially in the Islamic community. So let's keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Please join me in prayer. Eternal and loving God, we thank you for another wonderful day and for another glorious Lenten season. We know that all we are and all we have is a gift from you, and that every breath we take is a gift from you. Loving God, as we listen to you in faith and love, help us do your will, speak your words into the depths of our souls so that we may hear you clearly, then give us the wisdom and insight to understand your will for us and the courage and the strength to carry it out. Through all the facets of our lives, whether at home, at school, or at work, help us be patient, merciful, and generous. Now we respond with our gifts of time, talent, and treasure as acts of faith and thanksgiving to reflect our love for you, for this church, and for our neighbors. For Christ's sake, amen.
moved into your house. We pray, O oh Lord, that as we present them to you, that you would bless them, multiply them, and may we always be diligent in our efforts to use them wisely for your kingdom. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You'll be seated for just a moment. We welcome again all those who are guests. There are several of you here, and we want to welcome you and, and say that we are delighted that you came and visited with us today and worshiped with us. There are also uh, members who are coming from afar, and we're glad that you're able to be here uh, as well. We want to invite all of you, whether you're visitor, guest, fam uh, church member, whatever the case might be, we have a covered dish luncheon downstairs right after this, and we want to invite all of you to attend that with us. There's always enough food, so we uh, trust that will be the case today, and you can come and, and join us for that too. Uh, in addition to that, you'll see the activities of the week listed in the bulletin, deacons meeting for those who are deacons to make you aware of, make you aware of that, but then also the regular activities of Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, and Thursday. One particular um, announcement to make here is that um, there is a prayer vigil from 6 to 7 tonight for uh, at the Birmingham Islamic Center for those who would like to attend. It's a um, prayer vigil to remember those uh, so affected uh, by this uh, shooting uh, just this past week, and we want to um, lift them up, but also to uh, think of those uh, in our own community, especially those who are affiliated with the, um, the mosque here in Hoover, and uh, be, to be able to lift them up, and also to uh, remind ourselves that this, this world that God has created and allowed us to be a part of is a world that is big, it's vast, and God has created all that is in it and every person is a part of it. So as we go today, we do invite you to come and, and join us downstairs for the for the uh, covered luncheon. Hope that you will. But if not, if you can't stay, uh, Dr. Roxburgh and I will be at the back door, and we'll like to, to speak to you there at least. May the blessing of the triune God, parent, lover, and friend, be with you this day and forevermore.